Hi, everybody. So my name is Hannah, and I'm Gwen. <laughs> so I'm 21. Um, I'm going to UCF, and I'm studying clinical psychology right now. Okay, cool, cool. Um, like I said, I'm Gwen. I'm 22, and I am also studying clinical psychology at UCF, and um, we kind of just wanted to create a space where we could just talk about some of the stuff that we find interesting, as well as I know some people who I've talked to previously have um, found interesting. Um, and then, yeah. Want to get personal. With Real everyone. personal. Especially yeah. because I think this is due to the fact that we can't see anybody in person in UCF. Like, I don't ever go to campus and Gwen doesn't either. So this is kind of a way for us to connect with people from our campus and not, like you don't have to be from UCF to listen to us. But I think it's a cool thing to, you know, be learning about sexuality, relationships and all of the above, just random shit, you know? I don't wanna focus on one thing in particular. So we're really excited and Gwen is really nervous. I know, I'm very <laughs> nervous. I I don't know why, because when Hannah and I were coming up with this concept, like it seemed so easy flowing. We were able to have the conversation about like what we wanted to do and everything. And then like literally us trying to set things up today with the audio and like, she so was like, oh, okay. And then we're going to do video. And I was like, wait, what? I'm over here in PJs. It's like, oh, go get video. I was like, what? <laughs> but I think also one of the cool things that Hannah mentioned before is that like Hannah and I only met in August and we met because we were taking um, a statistics class together and we hadn't met in person um, till two weeks ago. Um, like two right? months, like two months, a month ago? It wasn't two months ago. It was two weeks ago, stop, no it wasn't. Okay, like three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, so I guess a month. Yeah, like a month. Okay, a month. I keep forgetting that we actually technically did meet once before we took photos for the podcast. We met to do another uh, class that we're taking together, um, which is another psychology class because we love psychology so much. Not psychology. <laughs> Statistics. <laughs> we just met recently. We're not like best friends, honestly. We're not best friends. We're not besties. We're not at that level. Like, you know, how can you be besties with someone you've only like technically known since August and only technically started talking about random things besides freaking, what do we learn in statistics? I couldn't <laughs> know what we learned in statistics. But besides trying to figure out statistics, we hadn't had like any other conversation really. The reason why we kind of came up with the podcast to begin with was because Hannah originally wanted to do a club on campus and that kind of seemed nearly impossible with everything going on with the pandemic. And then I kind of just said, hey, what about a podcast? We can technically do it, you know, socially distanced, which is what we're doing right now on Zoom. Um, or if we need to, we can meet up. But otherwise, I think it's a great thing to do, especially when you can't get to campus. And it's, it reaches more people too. If you're not on campus, you can still listen to this, you know? So our main interest technically, like when we were talking about this was sex, relationships, that sort of stuff, sexual health, um, but also like other things that um, I know a lot of us college students experience or have questions about that we don't necessarily feel like we can talk about. For sure. So that's kind of what I 
what we both came up with. So I just wanted us to start out with our obsessions right now. Just a little, you know, back and forth. Um, you want to go ahead, Gwen? Um, sure. Um, besides sleeping, um, I really also enjoy <laughs> watching Netflix and mostly documentaries. So anything to do with like true crime, um, science-y stuff, I guess. It sounds weird, really. It sounds really morbid when I say it out loud, like me liking to watch like unsolved mysteries and murders and stuff. It sounds really, really morbid. But I also like watching like stupid stuff too. I mean, not to offend anybody if they watch this and don't think it's stupid, but like I just started watching um, Bling, Bling Empire. It's like, if anyone's seen any of the um, crazy, yeah, it's like, it sounds really boring. Like, I would never watch that. It's not, though. It's, like, crazy. It's literally crazy rich Asians fighting about nothing. Like, they're, fight, they're fighting because they got drama. Like, somebody went through someone's house and found a, um, I forgot what it was called, but, like, it's literally, it was a penis pump, a dick pump. You know, you know what a dick pump is, right? Yeah, yeah. So they found one of those in one of the girls' bathrooms, and they're like, why do you have this? And they were, like, shaming her for it and whatever. And then other people got into a fight about it. It's just, it's, it's like, it's stupid because you can watch it mindlessly. You don't have to be, like, paying attention. You know what I mean? So it's entertaining that way. Like, I'm over here trying to write down all about how to classify abnormal behaviors and psychology, different interviewing techniques, and then I'm watching these people fight over nothing. Penis bump, exactly. Like, but it has no storyline. It's just it's like reality TV. Yeah, it's literally like reality TV. And uh, these people are richer than the Kardashians. Like, these are not like these people don't have millions of dollars. They have billions of dollars, and they're just like throwing it at anything. One lady literally just flew to Paris for the day and bought like two million dollars worth of jewelry. And I'm over here like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and she's real. Yes, it, it's real. It's like fully, like completely. They're from like dynasties, like what would have been dynasties in China. Like, like if there were still dynasties, they would be there. Like they're royalty practically. So they got, they got bank. That's interesting. So, yeah. so I like watching that sort of stuff, mindless stuff, but also stuff that's like super deep and intense. Um, and then homework, lots of homework. I mean, I'm not obsessed with homework. Okay. Exactly. Like, I'm not obsessed with homework, um, but that's about it, pretty much. Are you obsessed? Yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah. How about you? I, um, I'm obsessed with, you know, I really don't like Chipotle. I don't. <laughs> but lately, I've been eating Chipotle. <laughs> that's been my obsession, Chipotle, a lot. Like, every day for lunch, I've been eating Chipotle. You don't like it, but you don't like it. You said you don't like it, but I, you've eaten it. I, no, I, I, okay. I, you know, if it's the last resort, I would eat it before becoming obsessed with it. And then I started putting, I usually never put cheese mm -hmm. or sour cream mm -hmm. in my Chipotle. And I started. And that would do it. Fucking addictive. Like it tastes so good with cheese and sour cream. It's insane. Yeah. I do. I know. And some people, I won't name names, but 
some people find it gross to put sour cream and cheese on things because they don't like dairy or whatever. I'm not going to name who that is. You'll find out later on. But And I used to be vegan, so that's why I didn't put sour cream or cheese. Um, but it's a big pl- – like, it completely changes the dish. So that's what I've been obsessed with, food-wise. And I've been making these – Okay, all of it is food. I, I love food. <laughs> Who doesn't? I, mean, I wake up and I have to have like a really big breakfast. But I've been making like these date balls. Mm. They're so good. And they're like healthy. Yeah, they sound healthy. Not, I know, I know. It's, it's really sh- like they have a lot of carbs. Um, but they're really sweet. Right. And they're like a fruit. Like dates are dehydrated. Yeah. Um just dates like ground it up with walnuts and just make them into a ball and put coconut on them so good it's just dates and walnuts and then coconut that's it it's really good it's really good and it's like something sweet for breakfast it's just nice sometimes how how big are they like like little balls you know truffle balls so like regular size balls regular size balls (laughs) okay Okay. So obsessed with that. Okay. <laughs> and um, what else? Well, I've been going to. Oh, okay. So I just tried this. I had to bring it to like explain it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's called Unseen Sunscreen Super Goop. I'm not. If we get sponsors though. <laughs> sponsors. But no, but for real though, like this mm-hmm. Unseen Sunscreen. It's sunscreen and it's like a pore finisher. Mm. It's something called like a pore, like a primer. You know how those right. primers feel so nice in your pores? Like it just like softens everything out. I just tried it today, like just now before coming out, and it's pretty yeah. fucking good. So you already created that obsession within one year. I'm obsessed with that. Like I know I'm gonna love that. That's cool. It's really good. But yeah. So food anyway. and unseen sunscreen. Yes, food and unseen sunscreen. I promise it's so good. Okay. So today we didn't explain what we wanted to talk about. No. But <laughs> we wanted to talk about. So we're going to talk about dominatrixes. Dominatrixes. Like dominatrix. Like that, that's a mouthful. Um, Findom. Sugar babies, sugar daddies, and that's it, right? Yep, D and D, D and D. Um, I'm gonna begin with my with the research I've done. All right, and let's see. Let me pull it up. Also, wanted to also make sure we mention this because I don't think we mentioned it before we actually started. Was that we are going to be talking about these topics in our experience, but also with research we've done outside of our experience. So, also, like, we are not medical professionals. We don't do yeah. research living. Do not take what we say super seriously and feel like we, when we give you like some sort of comments, do not take it as advice and do it. We are not professionals. We are just talking, how, opening a conversation. We are not here trying to give you any advice that you, 
you know, so take and do as you will with it, do it at your own risk. Um, but we are going to talk about our own personal experiences on top of research we've done and also put a little bit of um, emphasis on our background in psychology. So if there's a topic we're going to talk about that has something to do with psychology, we're going to refer to what we know this far. Um, but yeah, that's all I really want to say. Make sure everyone yeah. knew that we are not professionals. We are not sponsored by anyone yet. Um, but we're going to talk honestly and openly and have uncomfortable conversations. So yeah, go ahead. So this is a really broad topic like dominatrix and Vindom. And so I wanted to break it down a little before we began like actually getting down into it in ways that were somewhat interesting. I feel like everything is interesting about this. So I just wanted to start out with asking you what you've what you have experienced? Have you experienced anything BDSM wise? Um, I wouldn't really consider it BDSM wise. More like more like kinky, rough sex type stuff. But I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize it under BDSM community or anything along those lines because there is a thin line between the two. But there is a line, and I want to make sure that when I talk about something, I'm not entering something I'm not like known about like you know what I mean like I'm not when I talk about yes I've you know done stuff with handcuffs or whatever like it's not the same as specifically the BDSM lifestyle so no I'm not technically no yeah so no I'm not experienced the BDSM lifestyle directly or like indirectly just maybe touch the surface of it would you elaborate um just like in certain experiences, um, rough sex, t- being tied up. Um, Ooh, give us what? I want to make sure we get into detail about, like, I, I'm all for going, I'm going to share. No, we- no, we're good. We're good. That's what I want us to get. We're going to get into our thing and then we're going to elaborate. So, yeah. So anytime, like, um, in the past and... let's just be I'm gonna be completely honest here I apologize to anybody if I say something and you end up listening to this and you know I'm talking about you I will not name you directly and I will warn anybody who's no 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 and I'm not naming anyone directly and I'm gonna warn anybody who's a family member who does not want to listen to me talk about sex or my experiences please do not continue listening because I'm warning you like okay so cousins you know aunts, uncles, mom, dad, sisters, if you're going to keep your mouth Um, But I've only been in three relationships in my whole entire life, okay? So I've only had three bodies if we are doing body counts, which we'll get into another whole thing because I think they're ridiculous. Um, And in those three relationships, I would categorize two of them as pretty serious. So... With my ex, we did rough sex sometimes, but not necessarily any tying up or any toys or anything along those lines. So rough sex, a little bit of spanking here, there, whatever. Hair pulling, okay. You know, those sort of things. But in my current relationship, which, you know, um, is 
a complex relationship just as oh, yeah. Yeah. you know you're older so you experience more things and have trouble communicating a little bit and you know whatever anyway with this relationship we've definitely explored more on the kinkier side of things um so involving toys like toys are not your enemy at all toys are not your enemy they're going to add to your experience if you do them right if you feel comfortable with your partner they're going to add to your experience okay and if you're feeling uncomfortable with someone or uncomfortable even having a conversation about sex with the person you're planning on having sex with you are not going to be ready to have sex with that person mm. so open yeah. communication super important so anyways back to the toys so yes adding toys to it um handcuffs um how was the handcuffs okay so the handcuffs i kind of like and dislike them only because when you're in the moment you want to use your hands you want to be touching you want to be feeling you want to be holding you and it's hard if you're the one, especially since I'm usually the one restraint, you know, that you I'm never, not able to do that. Hmm? You never handcuffed him? No. No, I guess, I guess, um, but I do plan on switching that around a little bit very, very soon. I have not completely gone into the realm of BDSM and dub, sub, sub like, lifestyle at all i know what it is no right right right. but this what you're talking about is part of it you know it's like part of it it's like it's it's not, it's on that line right but it is like well, no, but except there are people who technically would consider that they're you know community they're like like-minded people who like that sort of stuff you know that's a community yeah this is just you yeah you but know, that's, like, that's my experience with it how about your experience with it? God, you didn't even finish. No, I was finished. There wasn't a whole lot to that. I told you that this this topic specifically, I wasn't going to have a ton of knowledge on. Like, okay. okay. Well, which is funny. It, this is funny. Um, I honestly have had really fucking vanilla ass sex like my whole life. Mm. Very contrary to what people may think. I think. Isn't it? What do you think? I mean, well, I kind of had that impression of you in the very beginning. But then when you mentioned about wanting to do a podcast about sex or like a club about sex, I kind of thought like maybe I mean, like maybe I judged you wrong. Maybe I looked and was like, mm, she's younger. She probably hasn't like, but then you mentioned some stuff about like the guys you were dating or the guy you went out with or whatever. So I kind of just, I kind of created like this whole thing in my head about you that probably was not accurate. I want to see, I want to hear that. So like, you're younger than me. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm, I was here. I, you're 20. Yeah, I'm 20, you're 22. Yes. yes. You said you were 21 in the beginning of this episode. Are you serious? You seriously did. <laughs> I was over here, I was like, so many a year younger than me. I thought she just turned 20. Guys, I lied. I honestly don't know why I said that. It's honestly been difficult because I just turned 20. Right. It's difficult for me to say 20, and then I'm already, like, jumping to 21. I don't know. And I was like, when did you turn 21? Because I swear you said you were 19 when I met you, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, okay. Anyways, so I'm over here thinking, okay, she's younger. I haven't 
dove into like knowing your past and your relationships really but I had known that you like you know you had gone on a date with some guy you had met on Bumble or whatever yeah. yeah and I just assumed from like what you had told me from that about like making out whatever especially on like one of the first times you like hung out with him that you had just that you weren't as vanilla like I, I, I don't know why but I didn't think of you as vanilla I thought of you like not like kinky kinky but like medium kinky do you know what I mean like not quite at that level like you're not you're not going to be doing this type of things that I might have done mm. but that's the thing images are totally different than what they look like because when I met my current boyfriend who I'm dating now he literally thought I was so vanilla and so like conservative and a missionary only kind of girl and the first time, let me tell you, he was surprised, surprised. He was not, I'm, I swear I made him fall in love that very first day. I, I know I did. And you're more, so okay, so I would say like you're more submissive in bed because you, you had prior, like you already said that. Though. In bed, yes. In yeah. bed, yes. I would say that. I wouldn't necessarily think I'm submissive in the relationship in general. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like in the bedroom, yeah. I would say so. Um, I, again, like I have, the thing is I've done vanilla things, but I haven't, it's because it just hasn't been to that point. Like I'm good at, like in my <laughs> okay. relationship thing, it was mm-hmm. situationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we had regularly ish Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of more like in the moment like oh like we were both horny that was happening and it would just be more like intimate and sometimes not because it was situationship it wasn't like we're together together and I have had my like you know like a little spanking here and there Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even consider that BDSM what people have told me is that I'm a bit more aggressive when um being intimate Mm -hmm. so i think i am just a little bit more dominant intimately and i took this test i we should have taken this test before filming this but there's this test called bdsm.org people should if anyone wants to take that it's a really good test um because it's .org so you know it's it's exactly the test you're talking about and you've taken it i have Oh, great. Okay. So, so I would lie. When I was single, when I was single for my last breakup, he, like, we, we flirted a lot, but I was single for a whole year before I got with my boyfriend that I am with now. And so I was flirting with a lot of different people, but he had sent this, like, kind of as, like, an icebreaker, and I thought, God, he's very forward, like, damn. And then I took the test and it was wild. I took this a long time ago. I kind of remember what I got, but what did um, you? Let me literally check. If- I guess I'll just talk about mine for now. Yeah, by all means, please do. Um, I am a switch. Oh. Mostly. And a brat. And... <laughs> you're like... I mean... <laughs> and... I think, ooh, also very voyeuristic, um, which is nothing of surprise to me. Like, 
when we talk about kinks more, like I would like us to go more in depth in that, but right for now for the BDSM. Okay, yeah. So from like my test results, it, it, this is over two years ago. I want to make sure I point that out. This was over two years ago, so whatever. Anyway, it said that I was sixty like sixty one percent submissive, fifty one percent experimentalist. Which, I mean, it's true. Like, I'm willing to try something. Like, I'm not going to be like, no. I'm 46% brat. A. Um, 42% mommy daddy. But I don't think the mommy part so much. Or like, I will call you daddy. But this is not reference to that podcast. This is all about us. Okay? Um, like, when it says something about, like, what the hell is a rope bunny? So the rope bunny is, I think, playing with rope, like 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 being tied up, or you're you're being tied up, or you're tying someone else up. I think you're being tied up. Okay, then I was thirty eight percent that. Um, I was literally submissive. Yeah. Um, experimentalist. Uh, switch. Then vanilla. Then dominant. And then mommy daddy. So. Makes sense, right? Yeah. And he was a whole nother thing. Because he sent me his results, too. I was like, okay. I don't know why we did. I don't know why I agreed to do this. Like, not. That's fun. Exactly. At that point, I was doing stupid things anyways. So. But anyways, yes. So, yeah, this test is really cool. It opens a lot of conversations. Uh And you should put it, like, if you're about to like meet someone, just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just gonna say if you're gonna meet someone online, just like don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> I think not. I say no because then they get an idea in their head and they're already laughing. Like the only reason why I was okay with this sort of shit is because I knew him because I had worked with him and we were friends, like, uh, we, we've been friends, we're still friends, so I don't know about if we will be friends after this, because, you know, um, but, good if you're gonna, like, if you're already dating someone, and you both have mutual, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it yeah, took, absolutely, because it's a conversation if you're not feeling comfortable having that conversation to begin with, yes, it's a great opener, honestly, mm-hmm. but, okay, so let's start, mm-hmm, so I have my notes here, everyone. I, let's see what I got. <laughs> <laughs> so I started out with what <laughs> I feel like I'm presenting. So I start, I'm going to start out with what BDSM stands for. So BDSM stands for bondage, dominance, which is dominatrix, and submission, and sadism, that there's two S's. So yeah. submission and sadism. And then M, masochism. Right. So for bondage, it's like anything about like, that means being tied up um, with rope, tape, handcuffs, saran wrap, you name it. You name it. <laughs> anything you can wrap yourself around. Okay. Um, which you have said you practiced. Right. Everyone fucking does handcuffs. like. I don't know if it's just a great thing that I should do or it's just overrated. I mean, 
I mean, it's a good, I mean, you can totally improvise. Like, you don't have to go, like, the only reason why we bought handcuffs is because we were in the store buying another few things. But, like, you can use a tie, like, like a, a necktie. You can use a bathrobe tie. You can use anything. It, you're just, like, you know, you don't have to use handcuffs. That's just, like, the aesthetic, I guess. Like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people do that. And I don't know if it's, like, I'm missing out. If it's that really that good or it's just, like, I mean, I think the the binding itself is what's good. I don't think necessarily what you use. I mean, obviously, make sure it's something that's comfortable. Like with the handcuffs, like we had the handcuffs that were, um, we still do. I don't know why I said we had, but it's the handcuffs that are literally um, like fuzzy around the oh, wrist cute. so that they don't hurt. You know what I mean? Because you don't yeah. like, um, so anything that's like comfortable to have, like I wouldn't recommend like chains or anything like that, but like something soft that you can just have around your wrist to be tied up, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> so then the D is for dominance, which is dominatrix. It's obviously being dominant, um, dominatrix or a dom. And the role of the dom is typically to hold control of the BDSM relationship. And it's held as the highest regard in BDSM relationships. You know, the dom is on top. Right. So also, so the S, submission, which is a sub for short, people call them subs. Someone that's role is to serve the dominant and always be there for the dominant. So basically giving up all control to the dominant consensually, obviously Mm -hmm. in a safe split, in a safe space, Um, which is also like common misconception. I don't know. I feel like people have weird thoughts about dominatrix. That's why we're talking about it now. And I think it's also like has to do a lot with trust. Like most importantly, you need to be able to trust your partner, whether it be the dom or the submissive. Okay, you need to if you're if you're going to be the dom, you ha- you're responsible for the sub. And if you are the sub, you need to be able to trust the person that you are participating in this BDSM you know, event with, like, you need and to the sub also has, like, a lot of power over the relationship, like, Absolutely. people think that some subs don't have any power because, you know, they're, no, they make, they, one of the things that I know that from what, from what I've just, like, watched in TV shows and read about and stuff like that is that you have a conversation, there are bound rules, like, there are rules that you have to uh, obey at all times, both the sub and the sub, uh, and the dom, you know, the dom, like, there's rules and you have to have a conversation about it and neither one of you can cross those boundaries. Like you are in, even though you're not technically in control at the moment, you are in control of what you agree to and what you don't agree to. And it has to be consent. Like it's all about consent and trust. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Correct. And then S for sadism, because there's two S's. Mm -hmm. Sadism is someone who likes to inflict pain on people and watch them, get hurt again all consensual mm-hmm. um for example like stomping on their balls whipping them etc 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 and then m f- is for masochism so it's a person who loves receiving pain from the sadist and loves pain whether that means it's sharp it burns hard light um any type of pain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we could 
begin with like what is dominatrix like the the definition. So in Merriam-Webster, they describe dominatrix as a woman who physically or psychologically dominates her partner in a sadomasochistic, sado, sadomasochistic, sadomasochistic encounter. And so like what kinds of people do you, dominatrix encounter if, when doing these types of services is what I try to find out. Like who's doing this shit? Um, so most pro doms charge between 200 and 400 an hour. So most clients are upper middle class. Yeah. There's a variety of different people who seek out to be dominated from CEOs, surgeons, trans folks, queer women. And there's definitely no one size fits all. Like it's, it ranges a lot, but definitely people who are, who got money to spend. Right can afford a dominatrix. Right. Um, and I feel like it's a lot of people who you would least expect it. Like people who, like, for example, the CEOs. CEOs are in high right. power. They're, the thing is that in their daily life, they're always making decisions, dominating other people. And so like, that's why they get a dominatrix to, you know, be finally like let go and be free and, you know, be submissive. They don't have to, Decisions. They give control to the dominatrix at that point. Right. So that's interesting. So that's what the dominatrix specifically is. It's the female. So that's. It can be a female. It can be a male. It will still be called the same thing. Uh yeah, they're dominatrix. So like it, or a master, because there's different names. Okay, so it's like master, mistress, those sort of things, right? And there's master, mistress is the highest regard of dominatrixes goddess is like the lower tier so most other dominatrix call themselves goddesses and then masters for men but they can also be doms like whatever yeah. they want themselves so i follow this dominatrix on instagram i love her and this is also why i wanted to talk about it um i don't want to say her name just in case you know for privacy but if anyone wants to know what her name is and wants to know about her, I can send them her username on Instagram. She's really cool. Send me uh, that username on Instagram. <laughs> um, she posts conversations with her subs. She posts um, just sometimes like the subs in a leech. Um, one of the pictures is the subs on a leech and they're outside in a festival. Like, it's just guys who pay her to do this. Like, it's not her paying them, hey, can you come and do this? No, like, they pay her to be on a leech outside with her. Insane. And they're just all, like, there sitting. I honestly wonder what, like, this, honestly, because I, I, I hadn't thought about this, but what is the psychological effect of this sort of thing? What kind of, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, the type of person who seeks out these sort of things, what, what kind of background do they have from what makes them want this sort of stuff? You know what I mean? So that's an ongoing question. Like there is no one size fits all to like why people like to do this. Mm -hmm. I know people like their immediate reaction is to say like, oh, it's trauma because they were abused in their childhood. That's why they like this certain thing. But, but it's not only that, like, 
some people really just grow up to like it. It's just, they they like stepped foot in it. Also, it's a lot to do with porn. Um, People don't know that they like something until they see it in porn. And then they're like, oh, actually this turns me off. This is a whole nother conversation, but like you literally are horny as hell. You watch something, you finish, and then you look at it like, what the hell was I just watching? Like, why, (laughs) why was I watching that? You know what I mean? Because your, your, your mind is not completely clear in that moment. And then once you're done and you're like back to your normal state, you're like, wait a damn minute. I was I watching a lot from people. Porn does probably play a, yeah. a part. This is all the, off the top of our head. Just this isn't concrete research that I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. this is what I have heard and think is the reasoning behind it all. So... Um, she, pro- she posts like conversations with her subs also like them asking her, Hey, like, Hey mistress, um, do you have any subs that have paid for your pedicures yet? And she's like, no, you want to pay for it? Like, no. And they fucking pay for her pedicures. And like, it's not even just that subs like to pay for appliances, like bills that the dominatrixes have that be the rent electricity water like anything in those things like they like to take care um there's also lifestyle subs that live in your house um it's not as common because i don't feel like people are really comfortable doing that right it's it's a thing it's a thing and would you say that like that sort of like a dominatrix yeah is is like a like has like two sort of lives like they're not all the time like that's not their full-time thing they do other things on the side the same way like the subs are not always in the position of being a sub like you know they're tricks but like the dominatrix i'm talking about where i've gotten my information Mm -hmm. she is she's like a full-on dominatrix for living and she makes good fucking money out of it I i bet she's literally set um so she used to work a corporate job and then she got fired and then she started doing dom work so in that sort of sorry if i keep asking questions on this no 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 i love it um so in that sort of relationship between the dom and the sub is there physical sex penetration involved okay so I'm not a dominatrix. I just want to get that clear. (laughs) But from what I've heard, this is also a common misconception. Also, it depends what you think sex is, like where there's many different... There's a different line for different people. Like what I'm specifically asking about is penetration. Right. Genital. So she, the woman I base this off of Mm -hmm. who does this for a living she has her list right she has her list of all the things that she does these are my services this is x this is y this equals that um and then one of the things that she does is she does pegging pegging for those who don't know is anal penetration with a toy or finger for you know the male 
know. Um, and she does that with a strap-on, I believe, or a dildo. And some may think that that's having sex. With right. Yourself. Right. I don't think so. That's just me. But I just don't think that's sex. I talked about this with another friend, and she she was like, "Yeah, that is sex, though. Like, she is mm. this guy." But she's technically not like she's assisting it, but she's not doing it. Like, she is not inserting herself. Right. That's that. That I think is a little bit different. I would see. I wouldn't even. That's not obviously. That's not foreplay. That's not at all because something is being inserted you know to someone else what i meant more along those lines like is she having sex with him with his dick and her you know and does that ever occur like that does that happen so she says she does not have sex with her clients like if that's what you consider sex then that's sex the other thing that she does too is um I forgot the exact name of it, but she sits on people's faces. Um, she sits on these subs' faces. Uh, I forgot the name of it, honestly. Like with clothes or without clothes? Clothes or with underwear or with no clothes. Like, it just depends on what she wants, you know? And she's sitting on their faces for... Literally sitting on their faces for... Uh, like, to suffocate them? No, not completely. Like sitting on them enough that they can breathe right i know we're like sitting on some spaces but usually that involves like lick her or stick their tongue you know like they can't do that no they're literally it's like right there but they can't do anything exactly she was saying like one time a sub paid her to do that and she was just like playing on her phone she was just like watching a movie while she was literally just sitting on their face with clothes so if that's what you consider sex too like that is something that some people may consider like oh that's no i don't feel like i don't feel like but you know like yeah like yeah like i don't feel like that's sex and i don't even consider that foreplay technically that is more teasing to me like that might you know like if you're not physically touching that person not kiss them either Right. If you're not physically touching that person in a way that's like considered foreplay, which is going to initiate sex, then no, I don't consider it sex. Like I'm not, you know, same thing how I wouldn't consider like a blowjob sex. Like it's not sex. It's before, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, foreplay. Yeah, it's foreplay. So some people, I think foreplay has nothing to do with actually like touching each other like that they might say oh just kissing someone's foreplay like it can be it's everyone has different levels of right. what they consider like obviously so that's why i say like it just depends on like what you think sex is and but she is considered a sex worker and she falls on like she can't really say she's a dominatrix when she's trying to find work in like dating apps because they will ban her because of it and she's not even having sex with her clients, but it's still sex work in people's eyes. Right. Um, and that's and still considered illegal in a lot of places. A lot of places, yeah. And the another, another thing that she does in her services that she includes, <laughs> she does um, butt worship, 
which is she's literally just standing there like she's standing okay my pants are horrible <laughs> i didn't know we we're gonna get demonstrations and stuff either here's her picture of like in the instagram like her ass is just like Doop. yeah she's everywhere. yeah and the guy is just like there he's just like worshiping her ass He's just not touching it, just looking at it. No, no touching. I mean, I think, I think they can if it's like to put lotion on. Mm-hmm. Right. Lotion. It's, only, it's only if she allows it. Right. Whatever she's allowed, like whatever she's said, okay, this is okay. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Versus being just like, oh, you're there. Let me just touch. Like, which is a big right. thing with that. that is poor, like, that is not, she does not do that shit. Right. Like, that's a really, really good example of consent just because some woman or some guy that's also, you know, is naked or in a point of where they look like they might be interested does not mean that they automatically give you permission to do anything, okay? So consent, always going to talk about how important consent is um, for both males and females because we're not going to pretend like males don't get sexually assaulted we we're aware they do but that i think is very very interesting point you made because you're in a situation where it's right in front of you you want it you want it so badly you can't take it you just can't because they don't give you permission so it doesn't matter how close you are to doing something if it's a no it's a no right completely agree and if they were to like that's the end of their sub stuff yeah um and and maybe even more if, uh, like legal action if needed like that's a thing too with sex workers it's really hard for them to you know press to, yeah because she's like yeah it's horrible but the other thing that she does is that she does feet worship which is what it sounds like mm-hmm. they worship her feet she's literally just sitting there and they're like massage her feet or just look at her feet or her nails you know do her nails or some shit um or maybe not maybe not do her nails because i'm pretty sure they're already done um but they just worship yeah yeah and she'll just be watching tv or on her phone chilling i mean that doesn't sound so bad no it doesn't it really doesn't um and what else does she do oh also she does feminization which is so it's subs or guys they don't have to be subs who go to her because they want to get feminized so they want her to put makeup on them they want her to lend them clothes like girly clothes and to like you know do a little runway show for her and she like just hypes them up as girl i'm down that's her favorite one because you know it's making them all like girly it's just like a nice like play date type of thing yeah um but yeah that's what she does the other thing that she does is fin dom which is what i'm about to get into so she does financial wow we haven't even gotten to yours yet i know i'm worried about how long this is going to be but that's okay so she also does financial domination that's short so fin dom is short for financial domination so financial domination or FINDOM relationships consist of one-off payments. 
Others are regimented regular transfers of money, and some men even ha hand over passwords and total control of their bank accounts to a dom, asking her to devise a minimal budget too. So before all that, before giving them the doms the money, um, like they again, like the same thing with subs and doms, they have a conversation of like, oh, okay, I'm going to take this amount of money from your account, um, and then they can begin doing the drain, which is draining a man's wallet from his money. <laughs> so this is a story I found online of a man who's describing why he does it. Um, and he says that the arousal factor comes from the thought of the dom invading the personal space that is your finances. Um, he tells the independent people measure their self-worth with their money. And so I guess he feels, I don't know, like a rush from not knowing where his money's going or something like that. Couldn't be me. That's what he said, so. Couldn't be me. I know. I my bank account on the daily. Oh, I spent money on Starbucks. Oh, where'd my $5 go? Well, me these guys just have money to like right they don't they don't like one of the t like she was talking about um again the dominatrix everything i'm mixing off my off of this right now that i'm talking about mm -hmm. is specific dominatrix that if anyone wants to know gwen i'll send it to you after this but she explains the transaction as so they plan a date right okay the date and he tells her, okay, we're going to meet up at this ATM, Chase ATM. Um, they go there. He goes there, takes out the money, and then hands it to her. Ooh. And then she just goes away. Hmm. That's it. Like, that's, that's the end of it. That's pretty that's cool. It. That's it. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, honestly, it sounds like a, a great, great life for her. Like, she loves it. She I'm loves sure. It. I mean, honestly, like, especially since she's decided what she's willing to do and what she's not willing to do. So she's like made up. She's like, she's like a businesswoman we all strive to be. Like, she's able to make her own rules and she's getting banged for it. She's set. Like, she loves it. And I am like, you know, of her. But yeah, that's that's like a little little snippets of both dominatrix and financial mm -hmm. like that. Which is actually a really good spot to like go into the next topic. Right. So the next topic we're gonna talk about is like the sugar daddy and sugar baby relationships. Yep. So just to start off, um, I found a really good article. Um that was written by an assistant, assistant professor at um, University of Colorado, Denver. <gasps> I'm going there tomorrow. You're going to the specific of that college? Yeah. Oh no, not the college. I yeah. mean, <laughs> the Denver, I know. Um, but um, she did a article about the different types of relationships that, you know, where sugar babies and sugar daddies are. So first, just to get background information on what a sugar daddy is. So a sugar daddy is someone who provides 
um, payment. So it can be money, it can be um, expensive dates, it can be materialistic things. Um, and then the sugar baby is on the receiving end of that. So, you know, anything that you say, for example, if I was a sugar baby and I wanted the new Gucci bag, I get the new Gucci bag, right? So the sugar daddy is the one providing the daddy. It's the daddy. It's, it's the daddy. Okay. And the sugar baby is getting some benefits from it. So she interviewed 48 women. And from this, she's found that there are seven different types of sugar daddy and sugar baby relationships, which is way more than I knew about. Because yeah. it sounds very stereotypical. A sugar baby meets a sugar daddy, and it's usually a very old guy who has lots of money, and they, you know, she, she provides sex for him for money. That's usually what goes through people's head, right? That's not necessarily true at all. Completely different than what, you know. So the first one is um, sugar prostitution. So that's exactly what it says. <laughs> so it's literally sugaring, which is providing sex mm -hmm. that is absent from any emotional. So you have like no emotional connection to that person. You're purely exchanging sex for gifts or money. Prostitution. Prostitution, exactly. So that's what sugaring prostitution is called. The second one is compensated dating. So that is literally just getting compensation um, in a form of materials or um, money, depends on what you want in that situation, just for going to a specific event, going out for a meal, um, going for coffee, and that involves no sex. No sex at all. And, or for showing up to an event with them that they want some arm candy for, you know what I mean? Right. So that's what compensated dating is. And then... There's compensated companionship, which is when a woman is more involved directly with that man's life. So it's not just a one ish ish. Like, that's a friend and that gets it's like money. a companion. Yeah. So like it's it's kind of similar to what compensated dating is, except the fact is it's more than one time. So it's gonna be you're gonna be intertwined with that person's life. So you're gonna be going out weekly, you're going to be going on trips with that person, you're going to be, you know like kind of, kind of, without like without the emotional connection. Having an emotional yeah. Without having the emotional connection. Like a fake connection. Right. Like, oh, I'm getting money. So yeah, I, I like this guy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then the next one, the most popular one, is what's called sugar dating. So it's different than compensated dating, and it's different than sugar prostitution. So sugar dating is the most popular. It's companionship with sex. So you are texting this guy every day how are you you know i miss you whatever so funny like i've seen i don't know if you've seen videos of like so there's this one video of this girl who's like this and then like this old man like you know he's old mm -hmm. and he's on top of her and she's like taking a video of him like on have you seen it yeah i know exactly the one you're talking about exactly mm-hmm 
<laughs> literally. <laughs> just trying to get my trying to get my money like literally trying to pay off my college tuition over here (laughs) but no like that's the most popular one and like that one includes what you would think of it like an allowance and that allowance is money that that sugar daddy is giving the sugar baby for whatever she wants so like usually it's in a form of cash or like a bank transfer so it's not like they're buying you specific things that you ask for so it's not like saying, oh, I want that Gucci bag. It's more like, give me a thousand dollars, that type of thing. So, and that comes on a weekly or monthly basis. And that involves sex. (laughs) And then the sugar friendships, sugar friendships. So they're mutually beneficial relationships that has like a friend that's already part of that woman's life. Um, that contributes money or gifts to that person. So technically, if you think about like, oh, I'm one of my friends, they always pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, they're the one who only pays. Like I never pay for anything. They pay for everything. Go out with them and I just know that they're going to pay for it, whatever. And that's with or without sex. Like you can do that with that- Central though like is that when like oh he just likes to pay when we're out no because you you kind of think of like friends with benefits versus like a sugar friendship is that your friends with benefits is not going to be paying for everything you know what i mean this person on a map you're paying for everything period friends with benefits you're having sex right and then you can have sex with this friendship too but doesn't always always have to be that way like it could be either or you good um your friendship sugar friendship so that's another one um and then the last one is what they call pragmatic love okay so this one is completely different these, this is when two people who had hoped to end up together end up together with the male being, honestly, let's be honest, male or female. This is just males in general right now, but where the male is literally providing everything to this person. So a car, um, a place to live, um, all the financial support they could ever imagine. It's so their relationship technically did not start as, oh, we're in love with each other or whatever, but it probably, it most likely in this research, it was a sugar dating relationship. And then it progressed into something longer and more long-term and involved more emotions and all of those sort of things. So that's the last one. And what I really wanted to like, make sure I mentioned is that they literally said, the study said when she did it, that 40% of women never have sex with their sugar daddies. So 40% of women never have sex with their sugar daddies. The people that... I mean, so 40%, so 60% are... But this is... is, She interviewed 48 women, right? And this 40% is of that 48 women. So, and then the ones... that did out of that 48, the ones that did have sex with their sugar daddies, 
had a genuine, real connection with that person. So it wasn't just like a one night stand where like, I don't even know this person very well at all. And it's just like, okay, we hooked up, whatever. You have no emotional attachment. It's not mostly like prostitution. It's no, not- like you have, even if it's not like a super, super strong connection with that person, you have some sort of connection whether it be you really like this person or you're in love with this person, whatever it is, you have a connection. It's not something that's like pointless or like nothing to you. You know what I mean? So those are like seven different types of relationships. But what I also wanted to mention is that we often hear like a sugar daddy, sugar baby type of relationship, but there is sugar mamas. True. And (laughs) that's me. (laughs) Oh, that's actually you the thick that's not me <laughs> um but no like and these are like women who provide the exact same services a sugar daddy word the roles are just reverse right. all about equality over here like feminism like we're all for it so these women do the same things that the sugar daddies do and then these sugar babies are males or young men you know who require the same exact stuff same exact type of relationships and then another thing I want to mention is that they're not necessarily always old like a sugar daddy might not always be old like a sugar daddy might be older but they're not like 80 years old like you're not a 20 year old dating an 80 year old guy for his money this guy might be you know in his 30s even like he might be in his 30s and the thing is the type of relationship a sugar daddy and a sugar baby have is not a stereotypical relationship that you would just have with anybody. You usually meet these people with the exact idea that you're going to get financial support from this person. Yeah. That's your main goal above anything else is financial support. Mm -hmm. There's lots of different websites out there for those people who want a sugar daddy or someone who wants a sugar baby. So we're gonna say them right now. One, seeking arrangements. Two, nightlife. Three, nightlife, but okay. Damn, you seem to know a whole lot. You have something to tell me? me? I actually don't. Oh, you got me excited for a minute. (laughs) I did try seeking arrangements and. um, How did that go? Honestly, I didn't do it. (laughs) <laughs> like it was just really scary he's like made the accounting this yeah um and the other ones I just know because I was like oh that's yeah. cool I just, yeah <laughs> yeah the, like when I looked up specifically like you know which other ones do you websites know? um a lot of them weren't specifically like sugar daddy stuff um like secret benefits was one of them um Seeking.com, which is different than seeking arrangements, specifically seeking. Um, oh, also, Night Flirt isn't specifically Sugar Daddy. It's like a calling center, like a sex. Oh. It's not a Sugar Daddy. I mean, it could be. I mean, it could. Um, another one that apparently, which I had never heard about, but when I was looking, um, had is What's Your Price? And this website is literally like ebay so you literally like say okay it's 
I set my price at this amount to go out with me for a date. And it can be it is as low as like $5 and as much as like $500. And you set your price so that automatically the person, the sugar daddy who's looking for a sugar baby and trying to find a price range they feel comfortable with or whatever, um, they literally filter out what they're willing to pay. So you can be like, oh, I'm willing to go out on a date for $50. And that's not including like what you're going to be doing in that date, right? It's, you know, what you get paid on top of that. It's like a tip, okay. <laughs> I guess. Oh, okay. So I think that one specifically is a really cool one because you're in control. Like you're in control of how much you're willing to um, ask for for money. And it's a great icebreaker. So if you do meet this guy and you do want to continue a relationship with benefits those sort of benefits of getting paid you have a good base and you're like okay well I charged 50 for the first date but if you plan on making this more long term I'm going to need more 200 a week or 300 a week one of the things I also wanted to mention when we first started that um, Instagram account the guy who dm'd us he didn't say he was a sugar daddy, but all he wanted, all he wanted was to provide financial support for pictures, which is the same thing. You can, yeah, you can provide whatever. It doesn't have to be, yeah, it doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't have to be nudes. It doesn't have to be anything along those lines. It can literally be a text in the morning saying good morning. It can literally be, you know, a text saying goodnight. It can literally be, be a photo of your hair. It can literally be a photo of your feet, which is very common these days. You always hear about like, oh, I'm selling feet pics or whatever, you know. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be nudes. And also, you don't have to be in a real, you don't have to be meeting up with this guy. You can keep it strictly online. I mean, you can't. And- number when you're signing up for these things do not give them your real name that too do not give them out personal information that they can identify you with so do not go give them your real name do not give them your bank information please make a new freaking cash app make a new you know venmo make a new thing with a different name have a different email address you know, these sort of things are important. Do not add them on social media where they can find, you know, family, friends. Do not do that. Do not tell them your address if you're going to ask for gifts. Give them a P.O. box. Do not put, do not put yourself at risk. You got this written down? That's... No, I have this in my head. I watch a lot of Law & Order SVU, which is also a very good show. And this is one of the things that I've learned through the years. <laughs> Do not give out your personal information because you might end up dead. Or that's like the worst case scenario, but you also could end up like sexually assaulted, raped, dead. So don't do it. Yeah. You know, and also if you do plan on meeting someone that you meet on the sugar daddy page, one, have someone go along with you disguise like obviously don't be like showing up with your best friend next to you right and tell not only that person but another person who's not with you where you are 
what you're doing, send a photo of the sky so you know who you're seeing, so everyone knows who you're seeing, someone you trust, obviously. So if something happens to you, they have that information. Share your location with a friend so they have that information. Keep them updated because there are a lot of creepy people out there who take advantage of the fact that there are these types of relationships and can lure people in with the promise of some money or, hey, I'm going to get you this bag or, hey, I'm going to pay off your tuition, whatever it is, it sounds very appealing. And oftentimes it's very dangerous. So no shame to anybody who decides they wanna do this, but be smart about it. Be super smart about it. Very true. Well, I think that was great. Is that all you have? I mean, yeah, you don't have, you have no experiences besides making an account with the seeking, seeking arrangements. Yeah, literally. Have you considered like Um, doing it again after that or like what made you even consider doing it in the first place? Just because it sounds really easy and it is, and it's not, it's just a lot about, um, I think a lot of it also has to do with the type of personality. Like if you're very brave you gotta be very brave and be able to hold a conversation without being easily annoyed or like grossed out by the what that is an older man trying to like buy you right so um if you can get that hump Mm -hmm. I I can't I can't compartmentalize easily with those things and that's the same thing like I can't like I'm a very very independent type of person. So I do not like relying on anybody for money or some sort of stuff like that. I don't like that. I don't like that power that it gives them, except if I trust someone in the bedroom. That's different. But I can't be over here letting a sugar daddy pay for something without like me feeling like I let myself down because I didn't pay for it myself when I know I could have. And you know, I'm independent. Why am I letting, you know, a guy pay for something? You know, I work hard. I make my own money. I, you know, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, you have to, you have to separate those types of things too. Like, yeah, you might be super independent and you don't, might not need help, but if you're the type of person who can turn off your feelings about those sort of things and get some money, get some money, especially if you don't have to actually be meeting this person, you know, in real life. Yeah. If you're good at compartmentalizing, if you're good at like. Absolutely. That. And that's the same thing with the same thing with the BDSM, like different people like different things. So some people might find this type of relationship great. Some people might find BDSM great. Some people might be like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. Who like, uh uh-uh. And some people might be like, sugar daddies, ew. I'm not going to sell myself for sex. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. their own. There's no shame in any of it. But the same way how I'm saying, like, I'm not, I'm not one for the sugar baby, sugar daddy relationships. Have I thought about it? Sure. Did I go through with it? No. I couldn't, I, you know, you seem to have gone further in the process by even, like, considering making an account or making an account. I couldn't even do that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I... I've definitely 
I was like, you know what? I got, I got over that hump. But then like actually talking to the people, like I would get messages, but honestly that was like a while ago. So I forgot how to get messages. And it's just like, ooh, I can't do this. Right, and then another thing, because we're on this topic and I know I had talked to you about like the sugar daddy type of stuff a little bit before with my own personal experiences or people and you know my family or whatever um one of those things is that you have to the reason why I personally don't like it and because I have like an opinion towards it is because someone I know very close to me I'm not gonna say who specifically is in a relationship with a sugar daddy and told me point blank that they were in a relationship with a sugar daddy Mm -hmm. and their mental health is not in a place where I feel comfortable my opinion for them to be in that type of relationship. And yeah. that is because you need to be in a spot where you are in, you know, complete mental control of yourself, of yourself. You can't be, you know, in a bad situation and then expect that having a sugar daddy is going to only make that situation better because it, it might make it worse. And you you don't know the the, the effects that could have on on your life or anybody else's life. So again, if you're going to be participating in any of these sort of things, do your research. Do it. Be prepared. Prepared. Do not go through with it if you do not feel comfortable going through with it, no matter how far on your stage you get along, like you get, don't, don't go through with it. Yeah, it's definitely something that you need to be sure before doing, like Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to also think about the effects it's going to have on other people. Like in my, in my, in, in my situation, I have to know every single day that this person is with a person that they met online and that this person was literally just willing to sell themselves for fucking board games. <laughs> Sorry. Not a fucking Gucci bag, but board games. But anyway, like you have to like know the effect it's going to have on other people mm-hmm. and the type of, you know, discomfort it's going to bring other people by not, by no means don't live yourself for other people. Don't live your life for other people, anything like that, but just. No, but if you do care about those things and care about them. Right. Care about them and consider them fully and shit can come out like shit will come out. Like, if you're over here, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be a sugar baby or whatever, and I'm going to get my, you know, things paid, whatever. Hell, what happens if you see your dad on that website? What happens if he sees you? Mm-hmm. You guys are really not going to say anything to each other, but you guys now know in the back of your head it's going to drive you crazy. Why was my dad on that website? Why was my daughter on that website? You guys can't say anything to each other, but y'all saw exactly what y'all saw, <laughs> like... You can't do anything about it. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, what if... You just have to be okay with that. Yeah, you have to be okay with that. You have to be prepared. Like, maybe that can potentially ruin a relationship that I have with my family, with my friends, or whatever. You know, my college finds out about it. I match with a professor. How, like, you know what I mean? You have to think of every single situation and ask yourself if you're ready for it. On On both topics. And that's correct. And that's on that's on period. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was fun. I I learned a lot. 
and I hope everyone did too. Even if you already knew some of it, I'm sure everyone here learned a little bit of some of them. Um, we will be back in two weeks-ish, depending on when we post this. Um, please, if anyone has questions, please DM us. It's underscore down n dirty underscore. To be honest, let me let me let's just confirm that because we had we 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 went through a process where we had to pick the name and then we had to change the name and then we made it. It is. It is. It is. Okay. I was right. Down with two ends. Oh, dirty underscore. Yeah, down and the n as in number. Yeah, dirty underscore. And answer our questions, ask questions, whatever. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed and be back. Yes. Talk to you guys later and have fun and be safe and have a lovely evening or morning or whatever you are going to do. (laughs) Bye.